If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. My oh my, this is really and truthfully unbelievable what we're dealing with here. Talking about this Michael Flynn situation. Uh, (laughs) This thing is rapidly getting out of control. And it's good to be here. We'll talk about that today. Welcome. To the Todd Huff Show. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. You know, I'm still trying to piece together this information. And 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 really, there's there's a lot. There's a ton. Now, some of this, in a sense, we knew. Some of it is still astonishing given. Well, just to to hear this reported, to see this coming together. And so we're going to start today's program by kind of, I guess, going back in history a bit and setting the stage on what was happening back in 2017, the end of 2016, when President Donald Trump assumed the office of White House, or at least won the election. And really the series of things that transpired from that point in time and then begin to look at where we are today with what we've found out, the details <laughs> that have been plugged in along the way. It's truly astonishing and remarkable. So we will uh, kind of parse this uh, as best we can here this morning. By the way, email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can show your thoughts, questions, opinion, uh, opinions, even more than one if you like. Your adoration and praise will even be accepted, and it's a pleasure to be here. I'm going to write about this as well uh, for this week's issue of the Semi-Sweet Morsels of Truth newsletter, The Anatomy of a Conspiracy, The Anatomy of Collusion. I think this is something that needs to be understood, especially when we're comparing and contrasting the differences between what we were told happened with Trump-Russia collusion and what is actually coming out the evidence, the information we are, I guess, being subjected to or finally being given reluctantly by the media. They're, by the way, they're in complete panic mode over this with Michael Flynn. They are completely beside themselves. Um, they realize how important it is for them to win the narrative on this particular issue, and they are not going to give up and capitulate and say, you got us, you win. 
we're the ones. <laughs> we're the ones who's really been involved in colluding and conspiring to stop a president of the United States and not the other way around. So let's go back to November of 2016. And I remember we've gone through this before. You've heard me go through this before. So we'll just hit the highlights here. But we had a president, well, an election. We had an election between Donald J. Trump and Hillary Rodham Clinton. Crooked Hillary, as she was called by Trump back in those days, still maintains the moniker Crooked Hillary. And rightfully so, given the I don't even want to get into that this morning, but the the rationale and the reasoning and the justification for that is quite overwhelming and astonishing in and of itself. But nonetheless, that was who we had the choice between, right? We had never Trumpers. We had people who said that Trump was going to be as bad as Hillary. We had people who were talking about sitting out the election because they couldn't bring themselves to press the button, pull the lever, check the box besides the, beside the name Donald J. Trump. And so we had all this tension and turmoil and uncertainty, and it ended with predictions, projections showing that President, excuse me, at the time, candidate Trump had something like a one and a half, two percent chance of winning this election. Hillary Clinton was basically uh, on a coronation uh, spree. She was planning to win in dramatic, well, not in dramatically close fashion, but just in dramatic fashion, would be ushered in as the first female president of the United States. Although I'm still waiting for that comprehensive study that shows us that none of the other former presidents identified as female. But nonetheless, nonetheless, she was going to be the first female president of the United States. And she, um, you know, we had these parties lined up. I've I've shared stories with you about friends who've told me uh, they had relatives who were planning to go and celebrate the night of November, whatever it was, November 6th, I want to say, 2016. And they had champagne in the car that they took to work with them on that Tuesday morning, only to be utterly smacked in the face by reality later that night. Or maybe it didn't set in until the next morning. They knew they couldn't pop the champagne late the night of November, whatever it was, the 6th. And instead... They had to deal with the reality of a Donald Trump presidency. And we knew from that moment on that the madness – and this is, by the way, where the the term snowflake comes from. This could be – you could trace it back to this moment of time. You could trace it back to the moment of time where Democrats, the media, millennials, people in uh, education, colleges and so forth, they took this to a whole – Another level, and they were <laughs> basically, uh, you know, giving people reasons and excuses to scream at the universe, to cry for days on end, not go to class, miss work, do all kinds of things. Look, and I get, as I've said before, I understand an election if you really want someone to win and you really don't want the other person to win. I understand how it can have an effect on your day, have an effect on your mindset. I understand how you can be disappointed. I understand how you can even be a little bit, maybe even distraught. I'll I'll even give them distraught if they've been so misled to believe that President Trump was the next Adolf Hitler. But I understand. 
a little bit of that. What I don't understand is being a stinking baby about it. What I don't understand is not being able to function about it. That's what I don't understand. And that's what we had for at least a couple of weeks and arguably for the entire term from that moment until today. We're dealing we're dealing with this. Some folks have called it TDS, Trump, uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And so we had crying and we had adult Play-Doh and we had adult coloring books and we had service dogs and we had all this stuff to cope with this. And somewhere along the way, someone like Maxine Waters or someone like Nancy Pelosi had to metaphorically smack the faces of those in the Democrat Party and say, look, like it or not, this guy just won election. We can cry about it all we want. We can increase demand for adult service dogs. We can host cry-ins. We can cancel finals. We can do all these stupid, silly things. But at the end of the day, we have to deal with the reality that Donald J. Trump is president of the United States. And the question now remains, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Because we have to have a strategy here. We can't just sit and cry and suck our thumbs in the corner because that's metaphorically and, well, maybe quite literally what some of them were doing or at least what some of them wanted to do back during that time and still again till today and so somewhere uh, along the way they got serious they got serious about combating this and so they started concocting of course you could you know where the beginnings of this word goes back to the campaign but they really started to formulate a strategy to use the uh, trump colluded with russia nonsense they tried to begin to make that coalesce They tried to get that to – they tried to weaponize that. And so, of course, we know about Michael Steele, the dossier. We know about Hillary Clinton funding that that so-called research, digging up dirt on Trump, although it's never never framed as that. That's what Trump does, right? Trump and the Trump team met with Russian oligarchs and Russian leaders to get dirt on Hillary – Russian dirt on Hillary Clinton – Again, as we know, Russian dirt is more radioactive because of Chernobyl. We know that Russian dirt has the capacity to create more damage to Democrats like Hillary Clinton than any American dirt possibly could. Forget about whether these things are accurate, true, whatever. You just want to be able to say Russia enough times in a report, and that's what the media did. That's what the Democrats did. Russia, Russia, Russia. This is what this became. There was no end in sight to what these radically crazy, insane, insatiable, narrative-driven folks, folks, a narrative that was created, Trump-Russia collusion became the narrative. And they incessantly followed this to the nth degree. I mean, this was everywhere. We had, we brought James Comey into this. We got uh, Robert Mueller. This ultimately led... Uh, to calls for impeachment, and that was the strategy from the beginning, by the way. Again, we've documented back to day 11. Day 11. Remember, the first 100 days in office are supposed to be what we call the honeymoon period for a new president, the period of time where everything's supposed to be blissful. The American people are getting to know their new leader. They're given a lot of slack. They're given a lot of um, just time to adjust, right? Just like a newlywed couple, they're learning to to live with one another. Everything's blissful. Everybody's happy. There's smiles everywhere. It's just a 
Wonderful time to be alive, except for if Donald Trump is the president. That got stopped, and I'm, I'm saying day 11 incredibly conservatively. Truth is, if they're talking about it openly to impeach him on day 11, they're talking about it privately the second they dried their metaphorical and even literal tears after the election in 2016. So this was the strategy. It didn't matter the cost. It didn't matter the tactic. It didn't matter the Constitution. It didn't matter the rule of law. It didn't matter. Whatever they could do, and I say they, and if these reports are right, folks, the they in this story go all the way up, if not all the way to Obama himself, to his inner circle, to James Clapper, other names as well that I don't want to list just yet because I want to get into that as we as we move through the program. But you have all of these that was that was where we were back in 2016. All of these details, all of these just where we were, where they were, the strategy. This was the defined strategy to stop Trump. The strategy was we want this guy to at least be stopped this guy is serious he's talking about building a wall he's talking about draining the swamp we can't have that can't have that at all peter struck needed an insurance plan again this is our government talking about well with other folks in the government secret lovers lisa page and peter struck colluding with one another to somehow get an insurance policy against the possibility of a trump administration we're not supposed to care about that. We're not supposed to think that's any big deal. Truth is, it's an incredibly big deal. So the government began, I say the government, I mean the, the you can call them the deep state actors, you can call them, you can call them corrupt individuals, I don't care what you call them, but these are folks who believed that they could, they should use their power, use their position, use their authority as agents of the federal government to reach a desired outcome, which included keeping Trump from getting what Trump campaigned on. That's what this was from the beginning. And they, and if they could get him out of the equation altogether, then that would be even better. But nonetheless, at least stop the guy. And so Michael Flynn comes into the crosshairs as part of that. Michael Flynn was identified as a potential threat, and Andrew uh, McCarthy has some thoughts on that, which I want to share. Why was he targeted? Why does it matter? And again, we're talking about the, uh, the DOJ dropping charges on, uh, against, I should say, um, Michael Flynn, and they believe the judge, the judge has to sign off on this, he might sign off today, tomorrow, but this is the unraveling of their plan. This is the exposure, the plan being exposed, and it goes up to literally, quite literally, the Oval Office and the previous president, potentially, and I want to be careful here because it's not even necessarily true or necessarily uh, required that it's a, that it's bad only if Obama was involved. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad at the levels. It was, um, you know, where where folks in our government were colluding 
and conspiring against Michael Flynn. That's reprehensible. I don't care your political beliefs. I do, as I've said on this program before. I hope to persuade you to constitutional conservatism. But it doesn't matter what your beliefs are right now. When faced with the realities of what we're dealing with in in regards to Michael Flynn, every American should be infuriated. Every American should be borderline terrified as to what we've, and I say we, have allowed our government to do. It's reprehensible, inexcusable, unconstitutional, and has to be stopped. And I've got to take a break. So we're going to continue this, continue this discussion as the program comes together today about Michael Flynn, how reprehensible, disgusting, and in one way, shocking, even though in another way it's completely predictable, but still shocking to think about that our founders who formed this nation, they would literally be, I, you can say, turning over in their graves. They, they would be utterly shocked, disappointed. I mean, they would be ready to go after the folks I don't mean, you know, I, I mean legally. They, they, would, they would make sure that this sort of thing is never, ever, ever allowed to happen again. And we're beginning to get more and more details on it. I've got to take a timeout. When we get back, more on this, the Michael Flynn situation. Quick timeout, though. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. So, we're talking about Michael Flynn and how reprehensible, how inexcusable, how out of control this has become. And it's not just, we're becoming aware of it. This has happened. This goes back in time, what, uh, three, four years ago uh, at this particular uh, point in time. And so, so the administration, now whether or not people want to name Obama or not, Trump's out there calling it Obamagate. Which good for him. You know what? If this if there was this much evidence, if this reporting was against Trump and his administration, it absolutely would be called Trump Gate or something like this. We would probably have uh, Nancy Pelosi probably would reconvene the House and they would begin pr- the process of impeaching President Trump for this impeachment 2.0, probably assigning Adam Schiff to run with this one as well. There's no end to their, I guess, um, desire to pursue that, to use it in that fashion. But if it's Obama, it's ignored. And we've got a soundbite from Meet the Press. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. All these things kind of coalescing or intersecting right before our eyes. The dishonest and, yes, dare I say it, fake news. NBC, if I hear someone say that Fox News is the one who's out there making up narratives. Of course, Fox News has editorialists and opinion people, Hannity and the like, right? But Chuck Todd's supposed to be a journalist. MSNBC, or excuse me, NBC and MSNBC for that matter, meet the press. That is a very unbiased, very journalistic um, program. That's what we're supposed to believe, but Wait until we share this with you if you haven't seen this already. Just reprehensible. So we got the media covering up, misrepresenting, and lying. Lying. NBC. NBC is awful. NBC is, 
absolutely fake news. They're right up there with our friends at CNN. They just don't have a tough guy, Chris Cuomo, on on staff at at NBC. I guess Chuck Todd tries to play one, but he's just he, he can't he can't pull it off. Anyway, so we've got that aspect of this too. But Michael Flynn, Michael Flynn was targeted. Was targeted. He was being investigated, right during this probe. I mean, we go back. We go back to Carter Page. We go back to FISA warrants, right? FISA warrants that were, you know, we had what forty-two or forty-three FISA warrants that were pulled, and they looked for um, violations of of law or abuses made by officials in the FISA warrants, and every single one of them. Every single one of them had a well they they weren't done correctly. Hundred percent. Now some of them were some technical errors, others of them were maybe done under pro- false pretenses or had some intentional misleading components to it. So there's a wide variety of what they found in this. But you go back to Carter Page, FISA warrant, spying on the Trump administration. Remember, we were told that this wasn't Happening, We were told that when Trump said that they wiretapped my administration, that was supposed to be another example of President Trump misrepresenting what was what was happening. And even though they didn't, quote unquote, do a wiretap, it did the same thing as a wiretap. Today's version of wiretaps did the same thing that the old version of wiretaps did, which was spy on people. And yes, they did spy. That's another thing. They spied. The question isn't whether or not they spied. The question is whether or not they spied legally. And you can get warrants to place people under surveillance. Surveillance is synonymous with spying. That's what was going on. This is this is not arguable. They just don't like the negative connotation with the word spying. That brings up, conjures up memories for those of us who are a little bit more seasoned. Reminds us of the 1980s spy games and Russian spies and all this stuff, you know, getting information, getting access to nuclear secrets and all this kind of stuff. And it reminds us of a time where the United States was the good guy, even in the media as well, never 100%, but much more so than it is today in the media. Good versus evil. We were the good guys. Now we've got a point, now we're up to a point where literally our government is acting as the bad guy. That's what's happening. And it's not because of President Donald J. Trump. This happened in response to President Donald J. Trump and his election. This happened in response response to the Trump supporter, the Trump voter. This happened in response to him winning the 2016 election. We have some very nefarious individuals in our government. Peter Strzok, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, John Brennan, James Clapper. On and on this list goes. And so the decision was made in the White House, right? We have, the, we have this now. We now know this. We now know that in the White House, they made the decision to target Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn, a Democrat, by the way should be pointed out. And there's a reason. Andrew McCarthy said there's a reason for this. The reason for this, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now this side of the break, and then we'll talk about it when we get back. But the reason for this is because 
Andrew McCarthy says um, that they knew that he'd be the one that underco- that uncovered the illegitimacy of the Russia probe. So we got that whole Russia probe on the front side of this, right? We talked about that and how they um, had to have something to uh, blame for Trump's victory in the wake of their shedding of many tears in the establishment and the Democrat Party and the media in other circles where liberals reign. They couldn't keep their act together and keep their tears from from flowing on a day-to-day basis. And so they had to have a way to weaponize this, to, to, uh, to, to kind of pull the strength from that emotion and to, to take that and, and to go to the next step, which is to weaponize this Russian collusion narrative. Again, built upon a phony dossier paid for by the opponent of President Don, Donald J. Trump in the election. I mean, it's remarkable. If you were to, if you were to visit from another planet— and you looked at the facts of this, and you jotted down what we were told to believe, and we, from day one, of course, knew, and we shared with you that this was nonsensical gibberish. It made no sense. Pokemon Go ads, Facebook Go ads, all this stuff, right? Convinced people, because Russia was involved, and they have some sort of a magical power, hypnotic power over Americans to get them to vote against the people that are apparently in their best interest to vote for, so they tricked them not to vote for Hillary, instead to vote for Trump, causing chaos and pandemonium, all because all because Trump sat down with Putin and they came up with a good social media strategy. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so, but they, they have ridden that narrative even up until this point today, even though they've failed miserably to produce to produce on any of this, even though the metaphorical wheels have come flying off of this stupid insane argument even though that's where we are today they've still been peddling this and they've still got unfortunately and somehow in ways that make no sense to the rational mind they've got some more uh, they've got some more real estate that they can get out of this they've got some more capital political capital they can squeeze out of the stupid narrative and so they thought if michael flynn this is what andy mccarthy's out there saying If Michael Flynn's in this administration, he's going to uncover what we're really doing. He's the only one that we think can can organize this and and expose us for what we did in this stupid Russian collusion narrative that we've been peddling for all these years. Of course, at that time, it was just all those months. So they decided to go after Michael Flynn without him knowing it, without him knowing he was the subject of an investigation. He was... He was basically entrapped. That's what they sought out to do, to get this guy for political purposes. They sought out, they sought out a guy for political purposes, just like they did name the other ones. Paul Manafort, Papadopoulos, um, Roger Stone, <laughs> Donald Trump. You find yourself on the list of the Democrat Party, of the media, if you... Um, if you're on the wrong political side of the issue, if you voted for the wrong guy, if you've been endorsing someone like President Trump, an outsider, a Republican, who's even governed according to many conservative principles, uh-oh, that guy's a target. Got to get rid of him. If we can't get him directly, we'll get rid of everyone on his team, and we'll at least make sure that he can't fight back. And one of those people we've got to get is Michael Flynn. And So that's what they've done here. So I'll share that when we get back long in this segment. 
apologize. Again, I'll write more about this on this week's newsletter. You can sign up for that, by the way, by texting the word Huff, my last name, H-U-F-F, to 31996. Or you can go to ToddHuffShow.com slash subscribe. Just enter your email there, and you will get that when it goes out sometime later tomorrow. So that being said, quick timeout is needed here. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So, reference this, this is a Fox News article, this, um, there's a conversation had over the weekend by Andy McCarthy, former federal prosecutor, he was on The Next Revolution on Fox, and this is what he had to say, this is what he had to say um, about the targeting of Michael Flynn. He said, I think the best way to look at this is what the FBI and the Obama administration wanted to do here was really audacious if you think about it in terms of the idea of trying to continue an investigation after a new president has come into power and is in a position to shut down the investigation when the president ultimately is the target of the investigation. I think what happened specifically with General Flynn is that while the president brought in a lot of people into his original administration who had various types of expertise, he, again referring to General Flynn, was kind of short, uh, well, referring to Trump, but talking about Flynn here, he was kind of short on people with a lot of national security and foreign relations background. General Flynn was an exception. He called him a savvy intelligence operator and pointed out that he had been the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. He knew a lot. Uh, he knew how the FBI worked in conjunction with the intelligence community. And is inconceivable to me, says Andy McCarthy, if you wanted to continue an investigation of the president during the president's administration, that they could have pulled off, uh, pulled that off with a sophisticated intelligence actor being the national security advisor and being loyal to the president. Andrew McCarthy continued by saying he, referring to Flynn, would necessarily have found out that they had investigated the Trump campaign, and he would have found out, for example, that they were in the FISA court conducting surveillance on Trump advisors, and he would have been able to figure out pretty easily that President Trump was uh, the ultimate quarry in, that they had in connection with the investigation. I think in terms of Flynn, it's better to look at him as kind of something that was obstruction, obstructing the Bureau rather than their objective in the investigation. They needed to remove him if they wanted to continue this particular investigation. And of course they wanted to continue. It was their strategy. This was it. This was it. This, this was it. After the tears dried, after the Plato was no longer... Uh, form something you could form within your hands when they ran out of pages in their adult coloring books, when they realized that President Trump was in fact going to be president no matter how much screaming at the universe, ah, no matter all that stuff, no matter how many classes they shut down, no matter how many finals they canceled, no matter how many adult service dogs they 
probably gave to people with taxpayer dollars, all that stuff. No matter what, no matter what, that was their strategy. They, they couldn't deal with this. They couldn't deal with the Trump presidency. They had to come up with a strategy. And so they just continued the, the next, uh, I don't want to say logical step, but the next part of their plan, which was to continue to, to demonize, to go after, to investigate, to obstruct, to do anything that they can. Look, these folks, they understand what we're, what we're doing here. They understand that there is a cultural war that is being waged in the political arena. And they understand if they lose, and they lost in 2016, and they understood we have a guy, a new breed of leader here, that is not simply going to go along with the status quo. This guy is actually kind of serious about some things. It's actually quite serious about some things, and including in, included in that is making America great again. Right? We still see that as his campaign slogan mantra. If you've seen some of the new ads, "Make America Great Again." And as we're finding, this is a apparently a lifelong. It needs to be a lifelong obsession because the amount of pushback and fight you get from those who believe that making America great again means reigning in the government, means putting people in positions that are not uh, abusing their power, which means, of course, removing those who are. It means cutting the overall size, scope, bureaucracy of the, of the state, of the federal government. They don't like that. This is their retirement plan. This is their, uh, this is their system of, well, whereby they get things done that they want to see accomplished. It's their influence and power, and financial futures, retirement plans, their ability to get reassigned at some point as ambassador to some country or whatever, right? To get some sort of a kickback from D.C. D.C. is one of the wealthiest areas in this country. And it's supposed to be a place where public servants go. Oh, yes, the great public servants go to serve. Ah, oh, just to serve. To serve the American people. Hogwash, my friends. Hogwash. It is a career path today. It is a place where people go to enrich themselves. It is a path that people uh, take to arguably create the most uh, stable financial p- uh, future for themselves possible. How many government folks have you seen laid off, laid off or had their hours cut through coronavirus? I'm not saying it's not happened at all, but you don't see it in mass. We've had 30-some million people file for unemployment in the private sector. I just, I just don't know how many of those, if any, are government. They're, they're in, insulated from reality because they operate in a world that says the private sector is a buffer for that reality. They have, there's no end there's no end to what they will do to stay in power, and that includes, and I'm not saying all of them, but it certainly includes some of them, like Peter Strzok, who I think, I mean, exposed himself as acting as a completely reprehensible character. Anyway, get out of your time out. But this should, this should insult the intelligence of any American, even a leftist, even a Bernie Sanders supporter, even if you hate Trump, even if you hate Flynn. What's happened here is inexcusable, and it goes up at least to the doorstep of the president, the former president of the United States, Barack Obama. More on that when we get back. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. 
welcome back. Again, absolutely, utterly reprehensible, inexcusable what's happened. What has happened, what is happening. Well, not now what's happening. What we're finding out that has happened with Michael Flynn. And, of course, Trump is blamed. Trump is blamed for, and, of course, Barr is blamed for making this political. It's it's unbelievable, really. You have one side who is po- uh, politically immune. They can do whatever they want. No one has any curiosity in the media. If they do find something that is damaging, they hide it. If they find something that they can take out of context on the other side, the Republican side, the bar side, the Trump side, they misrepresent that. And we've got some examples of that here um, that I want to play next hour, which I referenced, which is this NBC News uh, Meet the Press coverage yesterday. They even admitted, by the way, that they – I don't know if they used the word took it out of context, but they certainly did not. They, they apologized for not playing the whole soundbite because the whole soundbite does matter tremendously. It should not matter. It should not matter what political party you're a member of, what ideology you embrace, what worldview you have. If this is the means by which someone who politically agrees with you uses to achieve political power, you've got to stand up and say, we can't do this. This is inexcusable. This is precisely the sort of stuff the founders the founders had in mind when they wrote the Declaration of Independence and when they framed the Constitution. They wanted to prevent against this kind of stuff. And so there's rumors that Again, I mentioned earlier Trump calling this Obamagate. Whether or not Obama was <laughs> – there's some that say definitely. He was in these meetings. He definitely was – you know, knew what was going on. It implicates the president, and it may very well do that. We at least know that it implicates Brennan. It in, implicates Comey. It implicates the FBI. It implicates Clapper. We know that they're meeting and talking about this, strategizing about this. Uh, and how to stop, how to politically weaponize this, the situation, and how to take out Michael Flynn, which was a strategy, which was a tactic. It was the stated purpose, folks, the stated purpose of the pursuit of Michael Flynn. Targeting, targeting someone because of some political reasoning and rationale. And they'll tell you, oh, he's out there. He's admitted to lying. He's admitted to doing that. Meanwhile, the truth of the matter is, what he admitted to, he, he, he pled guilty because it was the best deal that he thought he could get. And by the way, given an out-of-control, insatiable government, would you be prepared to risk your entire life on the possibility that you could fight back against that machine? I don't know. I think we all need to think about that before we jump too quickly into the Michael Flynn admitted guilt category. Anyway, long in the segment. Got to hit one more break before we come back. This conversation is going to extend an hour or two, by the way. So continue that when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute.
Welcome back. Waning moments of hour number one. You can join us hour number two. You can either jump over to our YouTube channel, which is where we're going to be streaming hour two of the program for the foreseeable future. You can also you can also subscribe to our email newsletter. The new issue will be going out tomorrow. You can do that by texting the word Huff to 31996 or uh, subscribing by visiting ToddHuffShow.com slash subscribe. That will give you a free month of access to Total Access, which is where you can want or listen to rather exclusive home to digitally uh, for the podcast of hour number two to digitally listen to the program and uh, you get a free month there so that's where we're going to be jumping here in the next few moments but as always i appreciate you joining us this flynn case is just uh scratching the surface right now more on this as we continue sdgc in a few